journey and today each one of us is on a unique step of our journey and what I want to tell you is that God knows everything about your journey he knows the fears and the doubts he knows the hopes and the dreams he knows the ways that things have hurt you and he knows the things that weren't meant to hurt you but hurt you and God is not a God who just knows us and is distant but he's a God who is completely acquainted with everything you're going through You've probably heard life referred to as a journey. And to a great degree, this is true. But it's not just some nebulous concept. It's your everyday experience of moving through your moments. Today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that God isn't some far-off watcher who's disconnected from what's really going on. He knows where you are, your struggles and your triumphs, your sorrows and your joys. He sees and he's near to you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 139 as he continues his message, God Knows Everything. What God really wants is he wants our lives to be what I would call drenched with the reality of God. God wants us to live and move through the world always aware that God is God and who God is. And that alone, the awareness and the experience of the reality of God changes everything in people's lives. So I believe I'm supposed to tell you that if you're in that place where it's all heady for you, you got to say, Lord, will you let this stuff make the almost impossible 18-inch journey from my head to my heart? So that it's not just Bible facts that I can argue with people online about. But it actually becomes who I am and how I live every single day. Because once if it can make that 18-inch journey from the head to the heart, maybe some of yours is more like 14 inches. Some of you maybe a little bit longer, maybe 20 inches. You know what I mean, though. Then it can make it out to your hands and your feet, to your mouth, so that we start to live our lives completely differently. And Psalm 139 is not just to be read theologically. It's like, this is the experience God wants us to have. So let's jump on in. Now, we're going to take six verses, and it breaks down quite simply. Verse 1 gives us the principle. Verses 2 to 4 gives us an explanation of the principle. And then verses 5 and 6 gives us the application of the principle. So it's pretty cool that way. It's like a perfect little sermon text. Principle, explanation, and application. So look what it says. Psalm 139, verse 1. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Quite simply, what this teaches us, the principle is that God knows everything about you. Quite simple. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. God knows everything about you. Now, that principle, the big word for that is omniscient. Omni means all and the word science, which means knowledge. So omniscience literally means that God 
knows everything. But what's amazing is not only does God know everything, God knows everything about you because he says, oh Lord. Now, notice in your Bible, the word Lord, all caps, right? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. When your Bible translation puts all the letters in caps, it's God's personal name. Scholars call it the tetragrammaton, the yud, the he, the vav, and the he. It's really the God who revealed himself to Moses as the I am who I am. The creator in the book of Genesis. The God who is the deliverer of the children of Israel. And ultimately the God who reveals himself to humanity in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. Yahweh would be the way it would be said. Historically, people would say, is it Jehovah? Because the Jewish people didn't want to say God's personal name because it says that you should, you know, uh, never take the Lord's name in vain. So like, but the best way to do this is to never say it. Which is kind of a deep thought, isn't it? Like, I'll never say God's name in vain if I just never say it. So literally, if you read rabbinical writings, they actually call, when every time you have that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it actually says Hashem or an H with an apostrophe, which literally is the name. I was reading a rabbinical commentary preparing for this, and it's like an H or the apostrophe. It says Hashem. I'm like, oh, they're smart. They don't call him Yahweh. They call him the name. Fascinating, right? But what this is saying is David, the psalmist, is aware of the creator and sustainer of the universe, knows everything about him. You have searched me, and you know me. Now, how many of you have searched but not known before? Right, like there's some areas of your life you're like, man, I just want to, I need to know the answer. I'm trying to figure this thing out and you still have no clarity on it. So it's not enough just to search, but there's this, God has searched us and he has knowledge of who we are. Now what's beautiful is, is that in the scriptures, the word know is actually the word that speaks of the highest knowledge and intimacy. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis when God placed Adam and Eve together and they were covenanted together in marriage, it says, and Adam knew his wife. So the idea speaks of the the deepest of personal intimacy. That's the word being used here. And the principle for each one of us is that God knows everything about each one of us. Now, this is, I think, very, very important because we all have this desire to be known, don't we? It's like, it's why you dress the way that you dress and you do your hair the way that you do your hair and why you talk to people and why you post things on social media. Because all of us have a inherent need and desire to be known. And here's what I want to tell you. That's a good thing. Your desire to be known means that you're human. But what I want to tell you is that you are already known by God, even if nobody else really knows you. Like, and that's very powerful because we have this tendency, we want to be known. No, no, I'm here to tell you, you're already known. And what we're also going to find as we go through this passage is that you think you know you, but you really don't. The only person who actually knows you is the Lord. And the only thing you could actually know about yourself is what God reveals to you about who you are. And the great struggle, especially in our culture today, is everybody's like, this is who I am. And the Lord is like, Actually, that's not who you are. You just think that. And that's true for every one of us. We all have lies that we believe about ourselves that isn't who we are because God doesn't say you're that. Maybe your parents told you that, but they were wrong. Maybe your ex told you that. That's why they're your ex in the past, later, Gator, right? It's like 
the only true thing about you, the truest thing about you is who God says that you are. But the problem that we have is that we live in a day and age where people want to live their life as if God isn't real and God doesn't exist and they can just make up who they are. And I'm here to tell you, whether you're in the church or out of, your, out of the church, when you define yourself outside of who God says you are, that's actually not who you are. You're believing a lie. And this idea that God is omniscient, that God knows everything about me, that is either the most terrifying or the most freeing thing for a person's life. And I think the difference between it being terrifying and being freeing comes down to a simple word, and that's the idea of faith. It's like the kid in his kids' church class who was listening to the teacher and said, I just don't understand. Why does God know everything about me? Why is God always watching me? You know, because they didn't want to get busted stealing the kids' Cracker Jacks or whatever. And the brilliant kids' church teacher with such wisdom said, well, it's simple. Because God loves you so much he can't take his eyes off you. But for a lot of us, the idea that God knows everything about us is absolutely horrifying. Because how many of us spend our entire lives hiding, covering, Listen to what the writer of the Hebrews said. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. A.W. Tozer said it's really easy to be holy when someone is looking over your shoulder. For each one of us, God's not just looking over our shoulder. God knows everything about us. All of us are completely naked, in complete vulnerability before God. And whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, he still knows everything about you. When an atheist says, I don't believe in God, I'm like, well, God knows everything about you, even if you don't believe in him. So the question becomes, what do we do with an omniscient God? A God who knows everything about you. Now, before we answer that question, he wants to bring us a little deeper. He's not just going to give us the principle. He's going to unpack it for us. So let's look at the explanation, verses 2 to 4 here, Psalm 139. So it begins, O Lord, you have searched me. You have known me. Now notice, you, verse 2, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all of my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Now, what this teaches us is not only does God know everything about you, but God understands intimately your journey. God has intimate understanding of every aspect of your journey, the journey of life that you're on. Now, in order to explain how specific the knowledge of God is, David starts talking about things like sitting down, rising up, and lying down. Now, my bride Lynn, I love her. And she's the most intimate person in my life. Closest relationship, bar none, next to the Lord. And I know a lot about my bride. But do you think I know every time she sits down, stands up, or lies down? Not even close. Right? 
You think about the people who you know the most. Do you know every time they sit down? Every time they get up? That's how specific God's knowledge is. But, but that's not enough here because it's like, okay, they sit down, they rise up, they lie down. Wow, that, I mean, that, that, that's a lot of details. But then he starts saying even more profound things like you are acquainted with all of my ways. You understand my thoughts afar off and you comprehend my path. So David's saying, look, Lord, you actually, and that word comprehend in the Hebrew is the word winnow, which is how they would separate the wheat from the chaff. So it's really saying that, God, you completely understand every step that I'm taking and why I'm taking it. That's why I said that God is intimately acquainted with our path, our journey. Because every one of us is on a journey, and today, each one of us is on a unique step of our journey. And what I want to tell you is that God knows everything about your journey. He knows the fears and the doubts. He knows the hopes and the dreams. He knows the ways that things have hurt you. And he knows the things that weren't meant to hurt you but hurt you. And God is not a God who just knows us and is distant, but he's a God who is completely acquainted with everything you're going through. And when he starts talking about this reality, like, like you know my thoughts are far off, he's saying, God knows the thoughts that you think before you think them. Now, you might know someone, but do you think you know their thoughts before they have them? Well, I know some of you do, but it's not true. (laughs) Right? It's like before the thought even enters your mind, God knows you're going to think that thunken thought. Moving on. And it goes so far as to say that even before I speak... Before there is, a, there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. So God knows what we're going to say even before we think to say it. See, he's unpacking this reality that God knows us so specifically that is absolutely incomprehensible to us of the knowledge of God. That's why Jesus said it this way, Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more values than many sparrows. Now, I'll never forget when when our kids were little, we were reading the Bible to them. We were reading about Esau. And I remember we were reading about Esau. And Obadiah, my, my oldest, was like, Dad, your name should be Esau. Because you know what Esau means? It means hairy. <laughs> because like Esau was, was born with like a big beard and an afro. You know what I mean? Now, but here's the deal. Have you ever wondered how many hairs you have on your head? I mean, I, I, think, I think of one lock. I can't even fathom how many hairs are in there. But it says that God is so intimately aware of who we are that he actually knows how many hair is on my head. Now, for those of you guys who are follically challenged, he knew how many hairs he put in there before they're hiding out. (laughs) But like, you don't even know how many hairs are on your head. But the intimacy by which God knows us is so profound that he knows every hair on every head. 
Now you start asking yourself, like, does God only know, like, how many he put there? Or, like, what about the ones that I, like, I got electrolysis, I got rid of those? No, no, it's like, he is so acquainted, he knows every detail of your life. And you see how amazing that reality is because what it means is that whether you're a follower of Jesus right now or not, whether you've been walking with Jesus for decades or whether you're just exploring Jesus right now, wherever you are on the journey, that is the understanding that God has about you. And I actually think that that's really amazing because as we are, as people, flaws, issues, fears, no matter where we are on the journey, God knows everything about us still. And we have this tendency to think, well, God only knows me if I believe in him. Wrong. God knows you because God's all-knowing. He knows everything about you. And what I think is powerful is that what we are, God still pursues us as we are. Like, you know what it's like you get to know somebody and you're super excited to get to know them until you get to know them. You're like, yeah, I don't really want to have anything to do with that person. Because it's like, you know, up until the point of full disclosure about who they are, you think they're wonderful until you realize they're just like everybody else. And then you're like a little repulsed, like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, don't want to have anything to do with them. God is intimately acquainted with all of us. He knows all of our flaws, all of our issues. He's got full disclosure and he's still drawing us in because God loves us just as we are because he's loving but he loves us too much to keep us that way so what you have is you have this reality that God is so aware of each one of us in our journey not only does he know us he knows the step that you're on he knows why you're on that step he knows what he's trying to get you to take the next step in He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. And at the same time that God knows all of this, he gives us choice knowing that we're going to make decisions. So again now, if God is omniscient, if God knows everything, what should we do with that? Well, look at the application, verses 5 and 6. You have hedged me behind and before You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now, what I think is powerful here is it begins with a statement about because God is all-knowing and I am moving through this world, God has, you know, hedged me in. God has encircled around me. God is protecting me and he has laid his hand upon me. And the idea of God's protecting and laying his hand upon you, it speaks of the fact that God is inviting David into a relationship, a relationship that involves his protection, his covenant, and God is placing his hand on him as a father would a child. Now, if you were with us in the Nehemiah series, I was making jokes about how Nehemiah said, if you don't do this, I'm going to lay hands on you now. He was talking about a different type of laying on hands. He was talking about, you know, you know mixing it up a little bit, right? And our, I was joking that our safety team, that's their scripture, Nehemiah's like, I'm going to lay hands on you, <laughs> you know? And they like that. They're going to get shirts that made laying hands on you in the name of Jesus. But, but, but this kind of laying on of hands is literally like the way a father lays their hand on a child, right? I, I remember growing up, I'd be with my dad, and 
We'd just be sitting there and all of a sudden my dad would just kind of put his hand over my shoulder. Right? That's what it's talking about here. The all-knowing God has a relationship with you. And then because of that, David says, and I think this is really beautiful, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. And really what we learn here is the application is, is God's knowledge is unfathomable. And because the knowledge of God is incomprehensible or unfathomable, then we get moved to wonder and awe and worship. See, David is not just like, God is all-knowing, that's a deep thought. But God is all-knowing, and I am in relation with God, and now I am blown away. I am in awe. I am in wonder of the fact that God, who is all-knowing, encloses me, lays his hand upon me. In Psalm 8, David says, when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have put in place, what is man or humanity that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you, that you draw near to him? See, there's this reality when we realize that God is all-knowing and God's knowledge is beyond our, even our most amazing thoughts, then all of a sudden we get moved to wonder and worship. The only proper human response to an awareness of God's infinite and intimate knowledge is worship. It's why Albert Einstein said, I'd like to know God's thoughts. All the rest are just details. The Lord spoke to the prophet Isaiah this way, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, this is the most basic reality for humanity is that God is God and he is all-knowing and we are not. And even what you think you know, you really don't know. And it's why people struggle with God today. Because we love our knowledge, man. We got Wikipedia. I mean, come on. I got YouTube. I can find out about everything. But the thing is, even what we think we know, in comparison to the all-knowing nature of God, you begin to realize that you don't know that much. And even what you think you know, there's probably a good chance you don't get it right. And the only thing when you come to that point is all of a sudden you're just like, oh, God's wisdom. His knowledge is so vast. All I can do is praise him. And in a lot of ways, the beginning of the journey to radiance is for us to realize what we already knew. That compared to God, we don't know a lot. Jesus is God thinks about you all the time. Let this really sink in. Let it take root in your heart. The one who created everything with the word can't get you off his mind. You are precious to God. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that God knows what's going on in every detail of your life. He shared that you'll be moved to wonder and worship as this truth sinks in. You'll also more easily be able to admit that you're out of your depth and you just can't control everything. 
That's when you can trust in the Lord, root your hope in Him, and love others with the same unconditional love you've received. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world, and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life, and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel dives into the next omni-word David talks about in Psalm 139, omnipresence. It's the reality that God is everywhere at all times. This mind-blowing concept can change the reality of how we live. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Radiant. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radiant.